This is Talking Urology. It was a pleasure to catch up with Mark Frydenberg. He's a professor of urology at Monash University and has been our inspirational leader and president for the last two years of USANS. He's here to give us some presidential insights. <laughs> listen, thanks, Joseph. Um, uh, listen, it's, it's, the two-year term has actually really been very... Um, it's very enjoyable but also very challenging at the same time. I think from just a, an organisational and personal viewpoint, I mean, it's, it's been a... A terrific personal growth thing for me. Um, you know, it, it certainly does uh, allow you to, you know, meet a lot of both national and international people, uh, incredible, you know, incredibly talented and smart and intelligent. And uh, you know, they do become your friends, but you learn a lot from them as well. And also, the process of actually just running the organisation, actually, you learn a whole lot of skills that you don't have previously. As an organisation, though, we've really developed a lot too. Um, I think this uh, meeting uh, clearly highlights that. But our stature, I think, in the international urologic community has actually increased enormously. And I think a lot of that has been due to a lot of the work that the society's done in building bridges with a lot of the international organisations. I think at home the, the, the challenges for urologists are to really adapt to the current working environment in 2017. I highlighted that a little bit in the opening address in the in the opening session of the meeting. I think in the past, if you go back, you know, five, ten years ago, we largely self-regulated. You know, we, you know, we would, you know, we would be sort of doing any procedure that we thought that we were able to do. Uh, we would perhaps as a group examine, you know, our our, our own outcomes, you know, complications, morbidity, mortalities. Um, costs really weren't looked at, uh, and and so on. But all of it was pretty much done as sort of an internal process by ourselves as a group of responsible professional specialists. But the world's changed, and the problem is, is and it's probably changed because of the fact that medicine's expensive. Um, uh, health funds and private health insurance, at least in Australia, is. I think viewed as a fairly poor product by a lot of people currently uh, because of a lot of the excessive costs that they have to pay on top of their fees that and you know most other insurances the insurance covers for whatever it is they go through that's not the case in health insurance uh, so there's a lot of issues that that are there and governments are well aware of all of these issues and governments are also well aware that there are different competencies among surgical specialists which need to be addressed and there are differing outcomes between uh, surgeons as well. So the world has moved on. So as examples of that, you've got the government who funds the, uh, the Quality and Safety uh, Commission. They have an atlas of healthcare. So that's not looking at costs or outcomes, but it is looking at patterns of care across the country. So when they look at a major metropolitan city in Australia and they see that one district has three times the prostate biopsy rate of another district, they ask questions, you know, why is that the case? Now, there may well be a good explanation, but there may not be either. So the problem is, is that they're watching, and it's important for everyone to understand that they're watching. Uh, similarly, with regards to what urologists can and can't do, again, I think they're aware that most surgical specialties have now subspecialised, so that there are some people that are better at things than others. And there are still some general specialists, but there's a lot of subspecialists that really just do work in one area. 
So governments now are beginning to sort of get involved in that space and saying, well, we need to have a very transparent way of knowing which people can do what safely. And that's why, for example, in New South Wales, there's a scope of practice commission that are doing a project to try and work out what is core urology procedures that any urologist can do, but what are some procedures that can't be done. So again, this is another example of something where previously we were self-regulating, but in fact we've got external bodies now looking at us. Fees are another issue. So you've got private health funds like Medibank Private, Bupa, that are now publishing patient outcomes, not only with regards to outcomes of surgery and complications, but also out-of-pocket costs. So they're very transparently being looked at by all of the health funds. And then at the end of the day, you've also got surgical complications and outcomes, which again are being looked at by various organisations. There's, uh, there's a group called the Health Roundtable that are looking at this data. You've got the health funds that are looking at this data as well. So the, so the reality is, is that there actually are now a number of agencies that are invading our space. Now, the initial reaction of even myself as a practising urologist, but really all urologists, is that of discomfort because of the fact we're not used to having people looking over our shoulder at what we're doing. We're used to regulating things ourselves, and it's a bit of an affront on our own professionalism because we've always viewed that we handle ourselves ethically and appropriately and do make good decisions for patients and do good surgery, and we do. Uh, the problem is, is that we have to, unfortunately, have to get over the discomfort. Um, we have to adapt to this. This is not going away. All this stuff is, is going to remain because for the community it's expensive and it's important. And from my perspective, I think it's really just a matter of us now adapting it. We need to be very proactive in this area and actually have a seat at the table, otherwise data is actually going to be misinterpreted. But the reality is, is that if, like most urologists, we are practising good quality urology, we're making good decisions for our patients, we're charging them fairly, and we're um, getting good outcomes for them with minimal complications, there's actually nothing to fear about this process because they will actually see how good we are as a profession. You and I know that we are, but we shouldn't fear other people having a look to actually see exactly how good we are. So we have to get over that discomfort and just adapt. So we need to step up with more transparent self-regulation to avoid having regulation thrust upon us, is that? In a lot of ways, I think we have to just... I think, I think it's a two-pronged thing. I think we've got to be very active in collecting our own data so that we've got our own data there to look at. So, involve, for example, in the oncology area, be involved in the Prostate Cancer Outcomes Registry. Um, there's a lot of evidence that's led to substantially improved outcomes in, in the areas where it's been adopted for several years. And it's not been punitive. No one's been harmed by it, but it's actually at a community level led to a much better standard of care in prostate cancer. The society's going to be setting up a urologic surgery registry. It'll start off with looking at nephrectomies. And again, we just want to collect the data transparently ourselves because that'll actually show to the outside world we're actually committed to quality and safety. So we're, we're leading by example. But then we've also got to realise that these other processes are still going on. We need to have a seat at the table and just be engaged with them because otherwise they could easily misinterpret the data and then suddenly have things thrust upon us that are actually not factually correct and actually could potentially harm us. So, you know, we've, we've got to uh, not be scared by it. Um, we've got to be engaged and we've got to make sure... And we need to be engaged, 
you know, partly to for the interpretation, but also partly to actually make sure that, you know, we all know in the future that uh, that that urologists are protected in being able to do what they do. So your two years of uh, president are up, and you've uh, handed over the the rather large medal to Peter Heathcote. Do you have any advice for him over the next two years? I think really it's just a matter of just always doing what's correct for the organisation um, to maintain the standards of the Urologic Society of Australia and New Zealand. I think as long as you're always putting the ethical proper position of the society first, then you're actually doing the right thing both by the community and by the urologists. And I think as long as you know he remains engaged and continues to do that, um, then there won't be any issues at all. And I'll look forward to helping him as past presidents and also in my role as the uh, urology counsellor at the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons, while I'll obviously also continue to do my best uh, to look after my colleagues. Well, I think you, Sands, is in safe hands. Thanks very much. Good on you, Jason.